the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. We're so glad you joined us, and we pray that you are strengthened and transformed by God's Word today. Are you ready? Let's get into the Word. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 4 and verse 1, and we're going to get started. Now, the first verse there, the first word there in that verse is the word then, and that connects what we're about to read with what just had happened. And uh, Jesus had just been baptized by John in the Jordan. Uh, the Holy Spirit visibly descended on him uh, like a dove. And right after that event, then the Bible says, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, Luke tells us that John was filled with the Holy Spirit from birth. But we all know that Jesus was greater than John in every possible way. So, of course, he had a greater relationship with the Holy Spirit, even from birth. However, in some very real sense, the presence of the Holy Spirit in Jesus's life went to a completely new level at baptism. And this also reminds us of the fact that baptism is still important. A friend very famously says, he says, we live life on levels and arrive in stages. So though Jesus was fully God to be fully human, he had to also experience the stages as we as people must go through. So Jesus grew from a baby to a teenager, to a man, and, and Jesus goes through baptism and, and there are moments of powerful uh, infillings by the Holy Spirit in his life. And uh, all of those things uh, occurred because he was not only 100% God, but he was also 100% man. And as I said, we live life on levels and we arrive in stages. Then Jesus being what? Phil. Now, as Jesus was baptized in the Jordan to identify with uh, our sins, uh, as well as to take the yoke of sinful humanity upon himself, Jesus seems here to also lay aside uh, some of his divine rights. And it seems that he lived his life largely as a spirit filled man. I want you to listen to what the Bible says. Hebrews four and verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. So whatever trials we are facing, whatever dangers, toils, or, or, or snares, Jesus has been there. He knows what it's like to be betrayed 
by a friend. He, he knows what it's like to have the weight of the entire world on his shoulders when he was praying at Gethsemane. He knows what it's like to be mocked. He knows what it's like to be uh, hungry. He knows, he, he knows what it's like to be scorned, lonely, and, and, and tired, and weary. But there was no sorrow he faced that heaven could not heal. And there's no sorrow that we face that heaven cannot heal. But he was in all points tempted as we are, just like us, yet, watch the difference, without sin. Despite all that came against Jesus, he stayed obedient to the Father, even unto death on a rugged cross. I really want you to get this and understand what happened in the life of Jesus. When God became a baby in that virgin in Bethlehem, He was basically saying to the devil, I will whip you with both hands tied behind my back. And when God became man or or Emmanuel in, in, in the incarnation, God himself humbled himself to all our human experiences. I want you to imagine this. God never knew thirst. God never knew hunger. God never experienced want. But God humbled himself. And again, it's like he tied both his divine hands behind his back and he experienced all the human vulnerabilities, weariness, loneliness, sleepiness. But still the devil was no match for our God. You see, all the world's pressures, all the world's worries, all the world's enemies combined are no match for a person who's full of God. Then Jesus being what? Filled. Why is that language used? Because it's instructive to us. You see, what we're filled out of determines what comes out of us when we get into a squeeze. So when push comes to shove, are you just full of worry? Are you just full of anxiety? Are you just full of fear? Or are you full of something greater? And in the hour that we live in, and this is a crazy, insane hour, this may very well be the last hour. We must be filled with something more than just religion, just churchianity, just creeds. We must be full of the living God. Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. Why does the Holy Spirit matter? Because the Holy Spirit is the only one on earth, really, who knows God's will and strength perfectly and completely. And he's the only one that knows our hearts and our weaknesses perfectly and completely. The Holy Spirit is the bridge between all of our weaknesses and all of God's strength. His only purpose on the earth is to help us. Let's, let's dig into that a little bit. Romans 8 and verse uh, 26. Paul says by the Holy Spirit, likewise, the spirit also helps in our weakness. So what is the Holy Spirit here to do? Is he just here to be mystical? Is he just here to be discussed? Is he only here to give us goosebumps periodically? No, it says, likewise, the spirit also helps us in our what? Weakness. So the Holy Spirit's purpose on the earth is to help us in our weakness. Anyone other than me have some weaknesses here? I know I have a, I have a truckload, but, but here's the deal. 
they can no longer be my excuse as real as they are. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is truly sustaining me. And when he's sustaining me, it really doesn't matter who or what rises up against me. Do you understand what I'm saying? When the greater one lives on the inside of you, and when the greater one's operating through you, there's no enemy, no devil, no COVID, no virus, no death, no height. There's nothing in all creation that can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on and talks about the help of the Holy Spirit. And watch where he first goes. For we do not know what we should pray for. This is our problem. As we ought. See, the issue is we see the fruit, but we really don't understand the problem's root. So we pray for a person to be, to be healed, not realizing that what's really holding him back is the fact that, that he, he refuses to forgive or, or we pray for a, a wonderful lady's bills to be paid, not realizing that she just needs to stop overspending because ultimately, you know, uh, she doesn't really like herself. And the reason she's spending all that money is really to overcompensate. And if God would just deal with her self-worth issues, a lot of that other stuff would just fall away. Humans are complicated and uh, you, you don't see everything on the surface with us. Everything is not as uh, things look with our natural eyes. So with that said, we don't always know how to pray as we, or better, not how to pray, what to pray for. Now, God teaches us how to pray. We pray in the name of Jesus. We pray to the Father. But I don't always know what to pray. I don't really always know what the situation is in that teenager's heart. What's really going on behind uh, the actions? And I, I don't always understand what, what's happening in, in the lives of some neighbors and church members, etc. I don't know why they're doing what they're doing. So I don't know exactly what to pray for but that's why the holy spirit is here to help us in those moments it says here for we don't know what to, we should pray for as we ought but 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 the spirit himself none other than the third person in the godhead the holy spirit who cannot fail who cannot be wrong. The Holy Spirit who is never mistaken and is never mixed up. God himself makes intercession for us, watch this, with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now I know that you're smart and everything and we live in one of the most educated areas of the country, but there are some things we just don't have words to say. Words are great and useful and even necessary, but some parts of life are beyond the intellectual, beyond the intellect. This is why sometimes as profound as we are, as deep as we are, as smart as we are, sometimes all we can do is cry. Other times we, we, we laugh. If you ever think about it, laughing is illogical. No statements are being said, but we, we cry, we laugh, and we even sigh. But on top of that, God gives his children the ability to speak to him beyond their limited vocabulary with groaning beyond words. And when we pray that way, God hears and he, and he hastens to our groanings and, and God is a present help in trouble. But we have to reach out to him. And just as we pray with our mind, Paul says, I also pray with my spirit. Now, he who searches the hearts knows, this is speaking of the Holy Spirit. This is why we need him in our prayers. 
So, you know, we just come up with our grocery list and say, God, do this like we're his boss. But but we need to learn to, to listen to the Holy Spirit that's living on the inside before we make our request. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is. He knows my heart and he knows God's mind. So stop just praying your prayers and start praying his prayers. The Holy Spirit will never, 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 never pray a prayer that God will refuse to answer. He who searches the hearts knows, speaking of the Holy Spirit, knows the mind of the, uh, the, mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints, watch this, according to the will of God. I don't always understand God's will. I don't always know God's will. In fact, sometimes God's will even scares me. But the Holy Spirit bypasses all that stuff that, that I have to deal with. And when he comes alongside, he speaks in a language that God understands. And he will never, ever again lead us in a prayer that God refuses to answer. And, and the Holy Spirit will never, ever lead us out of God's will. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, they are one. They will never contradict each other. They are never opposed to one another. The Holy Spirit will only lead us into the plans and purposes of God. But we have to learn to trust and be still. Psalms 46 tells us, be still and know that I am God. And if we would loosen our clenched fists, you know, uh, that grip, you know, we have on our circumstance, trying to control it and trying to fix it and just let God open our mouths and, and begin to speak to him in a new way. We'll receive results like we never have received before. Let's get back to Luke chapter four and verse one. Then Jesus, this is the son of God. And if Jesus needed to be filled, dear God, you know, I need to be filled. Dear God, you know, you need to be filled. If Jesus, the spotless lamb of God needed to be full, dear God, we all need this. Then Jesus being filled with what? Or who better? The Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the spirit. Pay attention to what's being said here into the wilderness. Why did the Holy Spirit come on him at this point versus all the other points in his life that this could have happened in a special way? Because God was preparing him, pay attention, to what was next. And these are the last days. And if you're going to make it through, what comes next? The shoe that drops next. Unless you ask God not only to reside in certain parts of your life, Lord, I'll give you my Sunday morning, but the rest of the week is mine. But you start to yield to him your full life. You're not going to make it in the wilderness, in the desert or in these times. And if you're not willing to lay it all on the line, you don't want it badly enough yet. And God wants us to want it enough. That we don't just want to be have a part-time relationship. He wants us to be full to overflowing with his life and his presence. Well, he was led into the wilderness. Watch this next verse. To be tempted or being tempted for 40 days by the devil. 
This was not a devil. This was the devil. But like a wet sponge, whatever is in you will come out of you when you put in a squeeze. This is the reason for our infilling and this infilling. Jesus, God was readying Jesus for the squeeze he was about to face. So if you're going to make it again through all that the devil is going to put in front of each of us, we're going to have to learn to live full. And I want to repeat it. If Jesus had to be full for his desert, wilderness, dry experience, you better believe that you and I need to seek for the fullness of God in our experience. I, I want to show you something, though. I'm going to show it on the screen. In this video, we're going to look at the science behind the collapsing can experiment. So how do we get from this to this? Usually the air pressure inside the can is the same as the air pressure outside the can. To make the can collapse, we place a bit of water at the bottom of the can and we place the can in a Bunsen flame so that the water starts to boil. As the water boils, it forces out the air that was in the can, replacing it with water vapour. We then take the can and quickly turn it upside down and place it in a trough of cold water. The cold water causes the water vapour in the can to condense. This causes the pressure to suddenly decrease. And because the pressure on the outside remains the same, the can implodes. So, what caused the can to collapse? It's real simple. The pressure on the outside of the can was greater than the pressure inside the can. Likewise, what causes us to collapse in crisis? When we let the stuff on the outside of us be greater than the work we let God do on the inside of us. And if you just want a little bit of God in your life, I don't know if you're going to make it in this crushing environment, but if you want all of God for all of you, you can and you will make it in these times. And in those days, again, uh, he's isolated. A matter of fact, very much like, you know, many of us in, in this quarantine, he's in this desert place and, and he's, he's also out in the wild where he's watching, you know, uh, foxes, you know, eat rabbits and it's a kill or, or be killed environment. Lions are on the hunt and prowl. There's snakes out there and, and it's violent in, in this desert area like many of our streets today. And, and you know, you also got to think about the time Jesus lived in. You know, many of us uh, are unhappy about our current national leadership, but we got to remember that, that, that Jesus's, uh, natural or, or national king at that time was the brutal and murderous Herod Antipas. So, uh, you know, it's like my, my mother used to say, the boy complained about having no shoes until he met the man with no feet. And Jesus was in a tough situation. And his situation was at least as tough, or probably more so, than the situation we're in. And if Jesus had to be full to, to go through that, dear God, we're going to get full in order to go through what we got to go through in these days. And in those days... These are the days he was full, though. He ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. Now, to tempt a man with food who hasn't eaten for 40 days is outright mean. It is so wrong. It is wrong on just about every possible level. 
But the last I checked, the reason the devil's called the devil is because he's evil. He is not a nice guy. He is not our friends. What he does is he waits until we're the weakest. He waits until we're the most vulnerable. Then like a snake in the grass, he strikes. He sets us up. He'll even wait sometimes. And, and he had an opportunity to, to hurt, but he wanted to wait till he could hurt you the most. And again, that, that most vulnerable moment when you were absolutely up to here, that's when he strikes. How, though, did Jesus endure this? Though his stomach was empty, though the desert was lonely, though evil surrounded him. He survived because he remained full and you will survive if you would get full. Listen to how Jesus thinks. He doesn't think the way a lot of us think. John 4 and 31. In the meantime, his disciples who didn't get him most of the time, urged him saying, Rabbi, eat. And by the way, some people get mad at titled ministry. They called him rabbi. Jesus accepted the title. There's nothing wrong with titles. It's just don't let a title make you. But he said to them, I have food to eat of, of which you do not know. Meaning Jesus was full of more than burgers and fries. He didn't live by bread alone, but he was filled by every word that proceeded from the mouth of the father. John 7 and 37, and we're going to begin to, to, to wrap up. We're going to go one more scripture after this. Listen to Jesus again. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out. You know, Jesus got loud at times. And preaching shouldn't always be just quiet and, and, and monotone. Jesus knew how to raise his voice. And he cried out saying, if anyone... Meaning it doesn't matter who you are or what you have done. If anyone thirsts, let him come. But where does he need to come? To me. Now, who got to do something? Us. God has already provided. He said, listen, if you take the step, I'll be there. But if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and what? Drink. The only thing that God requires is that you come and that you Drink. It's important. Our lives are defined by opportunities, even the ones we choose to miss. Then Jesus said, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers, rivers, rivers of living, active, fresh and moving water. God wants to fill us with so much of him that when we are putting a squeeze, God just, just gushes out all over the place. But this he spoke, that analogy of the river flowing out, referred to something. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would what? Receive. So the only thing we got to do is believe it in order to have it. Belief is a choice. And he goes on to say, you know, actually the, the Holy Spirit wasn't poured out on everyone yet because Jesus wasn't yet glorified. But how many of you know that Jesus has 
been glorified. He's ascended to the right hand of the Father. And the next time he's coming, he's not coming as a babe in Bethlehem. He's coming in might, glory, and power. So he's saying that, you know, when I get back to the Father, I'm going to release the Holy Spirit into the earth. And if anyone would dare to believe, if anyone would dare to trust me, I will pour out my spirit where they will not have room enough to contain. Luke chapter 11 and verse 11 We're going to wrap up in this verse and we're going to go back to the words of Jesus. And I want to encourage you. If a son asks for bread, who's talking? Jesus. If a son asks for bread again, who's talking? Jesus. So pay attention to Jesus. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? No decent father would break his child's teeth. Or if a child who can't tell the difference between good and bad asks for a fish, Will he give him a snake or a serpent instead of the fish? Of course not. Or if a child asks for an innocent egg, will a natural father offer him a scorpion instead? If you then being evil, watch what God calls us. We're evil. Apart from God, we're evil. That's why we need him. That's why in a couple of moments, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus so you can be saved. If you then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father, meaning the similitude of earthly fatherhood comes from the father himself and the grace that a natural normal father would show a son is is only a, a limited shadow of the heart and mind of our heavenly father. And he says, if a natural father would treat their child this way, How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit, watch this, to those who ask him? This has been Live Big with Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Join us next time as we continue this teaching. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org slash salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at TV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.